On January 23rd, our revolution will be joining One Fair Wage for a bill kickoff event in Albany. To talk about this upcoming event and the issues behind it, we're now joined by Elisha Bacon from Mothers Out Front and Estefania Galvis of One Fair Wage. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Hi, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Really uh, happy that we get to talk about this very important issue. Well, this bill is addressing workers in New York who really rely on tipping. Can you give us kind of an overview of the wages that are a reality for tipped workers? Well, uh, in New York, uh, we, I mean, we are working across the country, but in New York, we can see people making $12, $7, depending on where they're at, depending on who they're working with. But we also see people who have employers that have decided to already pay them uh, the regular minimum wage. So what we're talking about here is something that is called the sub-minimum wage. Um, it's a it's a wage that is lower uh, than any than the regular wage, which is surprising to people that this exists, right? Governor Cuomo uh, actually absolved everyone but service worker industry uh, workers from going up to a regular minimum wage. So we're fighting for service industry workers in the front and the back of the house to be able to be paid and have their tips. They need at least $15 an hour today, if possible, right? And their tips. There are studies that have been found that when workers are being paid for their time and labor, the businesses do thrive, the community thrives, there's a lot less turnaround. And um, I mean, ultimately, workers deserve their full wages, not just two thirds of their wages. Most of the tipped workers are women, are they not? The majority of tipped workers are BIPOC women uh, in the front of the house and BIPOC in general front and back of the house. So this is definitely like a targeted effort uh, to maintain poverty upon uh, the workers that really do provide for us every day. Elisha? There's still wage theft that goes on. And so people, especially people who are immigrants, they might even lose the tips that they have um, and really not have an avenue for um, fighting that because they feel that they might be at risk. And then obviously there's a connection to just the service industry tips and um, slave labor and our history of slavery in this country. Can we go a little bit more into that, the culture where it started of tipping, where it is now, and because of this history, should it go away? Should we keep it? Yeah, I definitely think that all workers should be paid a living wage, regardless of what industry that they work in. And we do see this kind of dichotomy where people push back and kind of want to make exceptions of certain groups of people. Um, we're seeing that right now between farmers and agricultural workers. Um, but no matter who you are, what sector you work in, you should be able to make a living wage. And I do think that the tipping industry should go away, especially since it was kind of started and evolved from a way to still pay predominantly Black people, especially those that had been freed, less money than their um, Caucasian counterparts. Restaurant workers have left the industry, so isn't that damaging the industry in its entirety? Absolutely. We are saying um, 
it is so important that if people want to have a post-pandemia thriving service industry, it is eminent that we end as a minimum wage. People will no longer come back to jobs that are not giving them a dignified living situation. And people experienced so much suffering through the pandemic that this is like, this is a, a no brainer. Like people deserve to be able to have one job, a stable job, and be able to have dignified lives that come when we do give people dignified wages, the wages that they're earning and that they are very much working for and not two thirds of the wage. They deserve their whole wage. Two thirds I mentioned because uh, slavery, during slavery, a, a slave was two thirds of a person. And that number through Jim Crow and the, the slave owner's house is a form of government that existed in slavery has moved into our current system. And so we're in a system of new Jim Crow at the, and at the forefront of that is that we continue to have sub, sub situations of sub labor. That is not real. There is not such a thing as sub labor. All service industry is incredibly important it's a high skill level and it is people's time and they deserve the wages that they work for. When we're promoting this issue, One Fair Wage, we're talking about community stabilization. We're talking about decreasing crime in our neighborhoods. This is all connected to people making a living wage. And so if we want to see an actual reduction in criminal activity, then we need to make sure that everyone has a living wage so they can have and afford the good things in life. So let's say we all agree that everyone should get a living wage. Who, where does that money come from? Is it on the consumer? Is it from the restaurant owners who have also been struggling during the pandemic? How do we implement this increase in payment? Well, I think that, you know, we that's a question that we need to, I mean, I want to speak for one fair wage, but I think that there's a creative ways that we can find that to support business owners, which I understand some of them have a hard time necessarily paying, but why not subsidize the industry? Um, at the end of the day, we need to see it as an investment. And once we twist that mindset, then we can come together and talk about solutions, come up with to make sure that we can ensure people a living wage while also not overburdening our small business owners. Definitely, and this is why legislation is important. Ballot measures are important. The budgetary season is so important. This is such an important time to take action. At this moment in Albany, uh, we're starting to see moving the pieces of what is gonna come about the budget for this year. And in that budget, we can help and create programs to push so that we can support small businesses to make this change. We saw it happen through the pandemic and we can continue to do it. It's, it's a necessary ongoing support system. The, the state, the government has the money and needs to invest it in our communities. And this is us saying no more looking over us, no more exploitation. We are part of this system and this system, we pay our taxes, we do our due diligence to do our, our, our work and it is the state's responsibility to make sure to create the environment in which we are receiving back in our communities and in our pockets the money that we are putting into and so 
the legislation right now in New York State is being moved. We want to put it through the budget so that there is a direct line and a direct process to be able to create uh, the supplement that the small businesses might need, right? And it is in the hands of the government, and we need to push them to get it done. This is legislation you've put out, added, or given to the to the uh, assembly. Is that right? Yes. And when is this going to happen and how can we find a way to support this effort? Absolutely. So on Monday, we're doing our big Albany launch. Uh, we are going to be the bills. They will get new numbers. Uh, this is a bill that actually has been in, in, in the move for now years. Jessica Gonzalez Rojas in the assembly is a great champion. We have we have a lot of signatures. We have a lot of support. Uh, we need every single person to call the representatives and say, I need you to support one fair wage, no more subminimum wage. We need you to take into your hands doing so, taking action. Next week on Monday, we're going to be in Albany having an action at noon that you can come join us at. Uh, you should find more information at our website, One Fair Wage. Uh, but also, we're going after the NRA because the NRA, the National Restaurant Association, next week, because we're tired of the lobbyists that are making the money of keeping us poor. And so the NRA, the National Restaurant Association, has a direct implication, not only in New York, but all over the country, on what a crime they're committing towards restaurant workers. And so we're taking into our own hands and we're gonna go protest them and we're gonna continue to dismantle the lobbyists of this, of this uh, company and make sure that people know that they also can call them and tell them. Well, thanks so much for being here. You've really enlightened us all. We really appreciate it. We've run out of time, but just in like 20 seconds, can you tie it into our next story, which is about the unemployment bridge program and how that it, how the two tie yeah, together. So it relates because all of the things that we're talking about is bringing money back into our communities. The unemployment uh, bridge program, it's something that worked during the pandemic and needs to be consistent and exist and continue to support the people that make our cities run. And those are our excluded workers. And we say excluded no more. One for Wage stands strong in solidarity and in the fight with them. And we are going to win this year for workers in New York State. Woo-hoo. Thank you so much, Elisha Bacon, Mothers Out Front, Estefania Galvez from One Fair Wage. We appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. Good night. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us, and please come out. <laughs> Good luck. If you believe in a living wage, then join them at noon at the L- at the hour-long event in the Albany Room, so lunch will be provided. It's hosted by Our Revolutions, helping to build progressive movement in New York State.